your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to start off another week. It is Monday, July 20th, 2020. Your boy Q here with you as always. And like I said, starting off another week. Last week had a lot of the the, uh, Ultimate Division crossover editions. Don't have those this week. So we'll just be kind of back to our old regular routine that we usually have. And uh, that's what we're going to do on today's show. First of all, before I get into today's show, I want to say it's being brought to you by rockauto.com. They got a great selection, super low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com and tell them the Locked On Raiders podcast sent you. So, like I said, getting back to a little bit of normalcy here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number three, calls and texts. Haven't had those all week long. Going to have those. Well, didn't have them all last week. Going to have them this week. Going to get back at it. So, uh, 707-654-4693. You can start punching that number up again because, uh, like I said, we'll bring you calls and texts throughout the week. And uh, coming up in segment number three today, I'll have your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line segment number two I'm going to talk about training camp and my expectations for training camp what do I think the Raiders are going to get out of it what do I think we're going to get out of it uh what do I think that you should expect from training camp as far as the Raiders go and uh, that'll come up in segment number two segment number one I'll give you the news and the notes of the day stuff that I collected over the weekend stuff that's been rolling out by way of Twitter just stuff that I found to be pretty interesting that I thought I'd bring to the table and uh so let's go ahead and jump right into it I mentioned in segment number two that I'm going to talk about what I expect from training camp and the reason why I expect something for training camp because it was announced on Saturday that training camps are going to open on time across the league. Uh, the All the general managers and head coaches got an email from Troy Vincent Sr. on uh, July 18th, which was Saturday, and said, subject, training camp reporting dates. And it says like this, at yesterday's league meeting, the membership was advised that under the collective bargaining agreement, the reporting dates for training camp this year are as follows. Rookies, July 21st. Quarterbacks and injured players, July 23rd. All other players, July 28th. These dates apply to all clubs other than Houston and Kansas City. And the reason why they don't apply to Houston and Kansas City is because, well, they have the first regular season game of the 2020 season. So quarterbacks and rookies for both the Texans and Kansas City are actually reporting today. Now, all that sounds good. I mean, it is good. It's a positive step in the right direction. But the conversations and the different negotiations between the NFL, the owners, and the PA continue on. They still have not uh, come to an agreement right now. So uh, it's still ongoing. And I'll get to uh, more of that negotiations in just a little while. But I did want to let you know that uh, as of right now, as far as the protocols go, 
Only 20 players are going to be allowed in the facility at a time until the NFLPA signs off on an infectious disease emergency response plan for each team. If protocols aren't met, a grievance could follow. But teams have the right to set reporting dates within the CBA rule. After Saturday's email that was sent out, multiple NFL teams are already sent notice to their rookies and begun basically booking flights for them to report to camp on Tuesday. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's about to go down. There's still a lot unknown, including structural camp, but... Teams proceeding as if players will begin returning to facilities this week. Now, Field Yates put out a tweet that basically kind of put the timeline together for everybody. And again, uh, the Chiefs and the Texans, they're reporting today. So this applies to everyone but Kansas City and Houston. July 21st, rookies report to camp. July 23rd, quarterbacks and injured players, they report. July 28th, all other players report. Now, if preseason games are played, August 20th through 24th, that should be preseason week number one. And preseason week number two should be August 27th through the 31st. But again, that's if they're played. Again, the NFLPA does not want any preseason games. They don't want to play any games that they say do not matter. And then the first game of the regular season, as long as it goes off without a hitch, would be September 10th. And that'd be the Chiefs and Texans on that Thursday night. September 13th would be the first full Sunday of football. And that's when the Raiders would be on the road in Carolina, taking on Matt Rule, new head coach Matt Rule, and the Panthers. So let's now get into some of these negotiations and the fact that they're not exactly where they need to be, even though we're, well, just about a week away from the beginning of training camp. There is a lot of players on Sunday that put out a, a bunch of tweets. They put out tweets basically going up against the NFL and saying what they need. And uh, it was a hashtag, we want to play. This is something that was done by the union, the NFLPA. They did in solidarity. Matter of fact, I believe it was organized by uh, the Dolphins, Byron Jones. But uh, a lot of players put these uh, tweets out, including a bunch of Raiders, including Derek Carr. He said, I want to play ball this year, but we are going to need the NFL to make sure they're listening to everyone and taking the steps for the players and their families to be safe. That was quarterback Derek Carr. How about Trent Brown, right tackle? The NFL's unwillingness to follow the recommendations of their own experts will jeopardize this season. The NFL needs to adjust if we hope to play a full season. And Demarius Randall, and I got a little bit of something on Demarius Randall I'll bring you uh, later on in this segment, but he tweeted out, I just want to play ball, man. But if the NFL doesn't listen to its own experts, we will not finish the season. Hashtag we want to play. Uh, Eric Harris. How about safety Eric Harris? This is how I feed my family. This is my passion. But... I will not put my family in harm's way if the NFL won't listen to their own health experts. Please listen to your players and come up with a safe working environment so we can have a full season. And please believe that wasn't all. <laughs> that, that was not all. There was a lot more where that came from, but uh, th those are just a few of the tweets that were put out by uh, some of the Raiders. And again, that's just the Players Association. They're all part of a union, and, and that was a unionized statement, and they all put that out uh, on their own personal Twitters. Uh, Rodney Hudson, the all-world center for the Raiders, he uh, put out, not only is the NFL putting player safety at risk, but also our loved ones. My wife is immunocompromised, and the NFL's unwillingness to follow the recommendations of the experts will not only jeopardize this season, but also players and their families' lives as well. The NFL needs to adjust if we hope to play a full season. Hashtag we want to play. So again, they all were out there putting out their statements and letting it be known that there's still a lot of negotiations that need to happen before they can feel confident with going out there and playing and feeling confident with going out there and practicing and returning to the facilities. Uh, I do believe that everyone's going to show up on the 28th when they're supposed to be there, regardless if the negotiations are where they're supposed to be. Uh, I, I do think at some point the NFL PA and the owners will come together and, and make sure that each side is satisfied, uh, not only uh, financially, but also just 
just uh, as far as health goes. And that health is a major thing, man. A lot of players have families that they go home to that, you know, they don't want to they don't want to put them in harm's way. You know, a lot of uh, young men have uh, wives at home that may be pregnant or have little children that they just, you know, that just were born or have their their parents living with them or grandparents. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons to be concerned. Now, as far as the negotiations go, there has been a lot of hurdles that have been overcome. But part of the biggest dispute right now is the Joint Medical Committee recommended 48-day camp and a shorter preseason. NFL asked players to report earlier than the CBA allows the fit calendar. NFLPA said no. The NFL still wants two preseason games. NFLPA doesn't. NFLPA still wants 48-day camp, but views preseason as needless risk. Uh, again, that's just going back to the safety, and if it doesn't matter, why do you uh, why do you want to play it? That's what the NFLPA is saying. Uh, league sources, and this is from Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network on his Twitter, league source points to numerous agreements on other issues that show the NFL has been accepting joint committee recommendations, and league medical experts previously supported a longer acclimation period bet- before COVID-19 came into play. So, again, there's still a bunch of back and forth. Uh, Tom Pelissero also says all 32 teams have submitted infectious disease emergency response plans, which have been approved by the NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Seals, as well as joint infectious disease experts. Union also must approve before teams can have more than 20 players in the building. It goes back to the 20 players that I was saying. So that's kind of the latest and the greatest with the negotiations, where they stand, what the players are trying to say. They're making their statement by way of Twitter and their social media with the hashtag, we want to play. Uh, and now they got to find a way to come come together, meeting each other in the middle or at least close to the middle as possible. I do think it will get done. I have a lot more confidence in the NFL and the NFLPA than I do in Major League Baseball, their owners and their PA, because that was a disaster when they were coming together. So like I said, I have more confidence that the NFL will figure out how to get it done so they don't look as bad as Major League Baseball did. So in segment number two, I'll definitely talk more about training camp and what my expectations once training camp opens, which is supposed to be on the 28th, just coming up in uh, you know a very, very short time, eight short days. That's when the training camp is supposed to open. I'll talk about that in segment number two. My final piece of news and note, a little nugget I have here for segment one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast is actually a piece of audio from General Manager Mike Mayock. He was doing a, a radio spot on ESPN Las Vegas. They did a radio thon. Him and several other Raiders, including Max Crosby, Jonathan Abram, uh, Javen White. I mean, there was a bunch of different Raiders. Uh, Paul Gunther was on there. There was a, a bunch of guys on there doing, uh, uh, like I said, a radiothon for charity and children in the Vegas community, which is awesome. Again, giving back to the community that they, uh, you know, they say that they're going to make sure that they take really good care of. They've been doing that. But uh, getting back to football and, and actual uh, activity on the field, Mike Mayock was asked what the vision is when it comes to free agent safety, Demarius Randall, what do they see him as? Uh, what made them bring him into the fold with the Raiders? Well, when I was back in television and, and doing all the, you know, the draft rankings and everything, uh, it's funny because I had him ranked as the number one free safety coming out in, in college football that year, and he had played a lot of corner. And people were kind of split on him where, where he should play in the NFL. And when I called him for the first time in the offseason about signing him as a free agent, the first thing I did was remind him to go check my old college rankings <laughs> and see where I had him. And he started laughing. He says, Don't, Mr. Mayock, I know exactly where you had me. That's why we're on the phone right now. <laughs> what I believe is that he could be a wonderful compliment to John Abram. We think John's got huge upside, and now we're going to pair him with Demarius and Eric Harris we think Demarius brings some athletic ability where he can drop down and cover a slot. So we think there's a potential pairing there that could be exciting. 
don't forget about Eric Harris. He's played a lot of good football for us. And we signed Jeff Heath, who started a bunch of football games for the Cowboys. So, again, this is all about creating competition throughout our team and especially on defense. So there's general manager Mike Mayock talking about safety Demarius Randall. And look, when they signed him, it was already known that they were going to have him play the safety position. So that's not like he's breaking some new news or anything. But I found that interesting because he said that about his versatility. He mentions versatility, and that's something that uh, we all know that Paul Gunther likes in all his defensive players is versatility. But uh, when he mentioned him coming up and maybe uh, covering the slot, and that's something that they had talked about with LaMarcus Joyner when they signed LaMarcus Joyner as a free agent. Well, he can come up and cover the slot. Matter of fact, they dedicated him to the slot and don't even have him play in the safety position. One, I think that's a mistake, but it is what it is. That's what they're going to do. They're going to have him covering the slot. So when I hear that from Mike Mayock, what that tells me is that LaMarcus Joyner, in my opinion, is not very long for the team. I think he's going to play on the team this year. I, I honestly believe he'll play this year, financial reasons why. I mean, if you go and look at his contract and, and the dead money, if they were to move on from him, uh, you, would, you would see it, would, it, would, it wouldn't benefit them to move on from him. Like, let's put it like that. So I believe that LaMarcus Joyner is going to be replaced. I've talked about it multiple times, him be replaced by Meek Robertson uh, whenever he's ready. But having Demarius Randall as a safety, but also having him have that ability to, to go up there and, and cover the slot, LaMarcus Joyner might end up on the bench if he starts having some some moments like he did in, uh, in, in last year, 2019, with the Raiders. And uh, so, yeah, I just I, I, that stood out to me when I heard Mike Mayock say that. So... Uh, at some point, I think that Demarius Randall, with him being a veteran, he can come in and slide and fill that role. Uh, obviously, at some point, it's going to be Amik Robertson's job. Uh, he'll be—he's the long-term solution, uh, you know, at, at the at the uh, slot position, covering the slot. But uh, don't get it twisted. If Lamarcus Joyner struggles earlier, do not be surprised if you see Demarius Randall come up in that spot and Lamarcus Joyner head to the sideline. I just—I would not be shocked. And when Mike Mayock said what he said, it just kind of. The, the alarm went off a little bit louder in my in my brain. So uh, I think the Raiders did a really good job bringing in veterans so they don't have to force rookies into action, especially with this offseason that, that the Raiders have had or that the NFL has had or that we as a society has gone through. But again, pay attention to that safety position. Pay attention to LaMarcus Joyner and what the Raiders end up doing with him this year, especially if he struggles early on. So that's what I got for you for uh, segment number one today, Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, what are my expectations for training camp? What do I think that you should be looking out for? What do you I think that we're going to hear a lot of? Uh, just everything about training camp. I'll be talking about that coming up in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about rockauto.com. I already told you that they're the sponsor of the show today, and I want to let you know that they're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they got everything, every single thing you want. You need a tail lamp. You need a motor oil, brake parts. Uh, a hitch cover. I mean, what, what do you need? Whatever you need, they got for you. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com. A uh, couple easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. All the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and more importantly, the prices you prefer. That's right, the prices. They're super low and the exact same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. So my buddy Paul, who owns his own shop, he can get his uh, his his parts at rockauto.com and I can go and get my parts at rockauto.com and they'll be the same for Paul as they are for me. Now, 
I don't know what to do with them when I get them, so I still got to go to him. But if you do know what to do with them when you get the parts, you're, you're not a dummy like me when it comes to mechanics, then you can take care of it. So you don't have to spend up to twice as much money for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, make sure you hook your boy up and say, hey, Locked On Raider Podcast, that's that's who sent me. That's who, uh, you know, that's who you got to thank for this, that, that I'm here is because, you know, Q did his job. So just let them know I sent you, all right? They got a great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are, Raider Nation. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, July 20th, 2020. Your boy Q here. First episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast that I did since, uh, since Little Q's been gone. Little Q, he took off on uh, on Sunday. I dropped him off at the Dallas airport, and uh, he flew back to Fresno, Cali, so He's gone now, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's back living his California life, <laughs> his California lifestyle. But uh, he had a good time while he was here, so uh, it's just kind of funny. Most of the time that I'm sitting here recording the podcast, he's uh, dancing in the background or doing something. So it's kind of funny with him not being here as I'm recording this podcast. But I want to talk about training camp here, and we all know after what I said in segment number one, what we saw come out over the weekend. Training camp is supposed to get started on July 28th. Now there's negotiations going on between the PA and the owners, and I. Get Get all that, but for the most part, I believe training camp is going to start on time, uh, and I believe that the players are going to report and be ready to rock and roll. But the question is, what are you going to see? What do you expect to hear coming out of training camp? How well, how quickly can this team really gel and, and get together? And this is kind of I had a little bit of this conversation on the Silver and Black Today Show on on CBS Sports on Sunday with Scott Goldbranson and Ch- Chaz Osborne and. Uh, anyone who listened and maybe watched on YouTube probably saw that we had a little bit of um, technical technical glitches, <laughs> you know, to say the least. Had a little bit of uh, you know issues going on, but it's okay. We we powered through it. But uh, this is kind of a little bit of a conversation that I had on Sunday. But uh, something that just goes through my mind and something that I I just wanted to bring to the table and and talk because training camp is always something where every fan gets excited. I know me. I have a biological clock, or that's probably not correct. That's probably not the right the uh that's probably not the right term for it but anyway I have a clock in my mind that tells me throughout the year the course of the year what time of year it is and the end of July lets me know training camp is opening up and when training camp opens up it's like okay now you get to hear from coach Gruden you get to see video and you get to hear uh, all these players how they're how they're playing you whatever the rookies are doing out there Uh, you know I mean there's always so many reports and it's that it's that ramp up period it's when you start getting fired up Uh, obviously there's always been fans at, at training camp before the Raiders have uh, big fan days and then they have family days and all that well that's going to be different this year there won't be fans at training camp so that's that's one that's one downer but uh, besides that you know how are these players going to attack training camp how how well are they going to be conditioned as far as their bodies and being ready to roll into the season when the season does get started and this is just me I haven't heard anything this is not an inside source thing uh, this is just my gut feeling I expect training camp to be a lot lighter a lot lighter than we've seen and heard in the past few years you know what I mean uh, John Gruden and company likes to get after it they really like to uh, you know put in a lot of work especially when they get the pads on and everything but I just expect with the fact that there was no OTAs there was no rookie mini camp there was no anything you know there's been nothing uh, as far as uh, organized 
team activities the whole offseason. Now, I know that they did some working out in the park and everything, and that's great. And I don't I don't want to poo-poo on that. I don't want to make it sound like that's not a big deal because it is. But at the same time, it's not the instruction with the coaches. It's not the same as being at the facility, uh, you know, in the training camp uh, facility. So that's just a little bit. It's just a little bit different. It's just kind of like an extra. But as far as training camp goes, I don't think you're going to hear about how dazzling the rookies are, how, how great they're looking out there, and, and you know what I mean, and, and just how quickly they're catching on. And I just don't think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see everyone eased into this because, again, you're not just dealing with an offseason where nobody's done any work. You're dealing with an offseason where nobody's done any work and, oh, by the way, a training camp where people are trying to stay healthy and stay away from this coronavirus because, as we've seen, it does not discriminate. That coronavirus, that, that the pandemic that we're going through as a country can get anybody at any time. So these guys are going to be very cautious. They're going to be cautious with what they're doing. They're going to be social distance. Uh, you know, I, I know that at some point they're going to have some padded practices, but I just don't think that they're going to be as as intense as you would normally see I just I just don't expect that to, to happen um, you know there's always Gruden has always kind of uh, really been upset when when players fight each other you know and, and there's always a training camp fight right well he's always gotten mad at that just because hey I don't want you to injure our guys you're not supposed to fight us you're supposed to fight the other team and, and all that and that's fine but I just think that you're going to see a lot less intensity. I think you're going to see these players just really eased into it. And I also think that when the regular season starts, I think the first four weeks, maybe in the first five weeks, up to the Raiders' bye week, it might take the Raiders up to their bye week before they're really clicking and cooking with grease, like I like to say. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what they're going to do with the preseason. We don't know right now. The NFL owners want two games. Uh, the PA wants none. I personally believe that they need at least one. I mean, at least one, you know, because if, if not, then you're going to have your dress rehearsal in game one. They have never had to deal with any of this infectious disease. They never had to deal with any of these protocols that they're going through. And the very first time you're going to do it is week one. So I, I don't think that's a good idea. I know preseason games are, are no fun. People don't like them. Uh, I watch them because I'm just a football junkie and I'll, I'll watch them. But uh, I just I think that at least one is necessary, probably two. But again, that's just me getting back to training camp. I just think that you're going to see training camp going through. I think you're going to see the coaches take it kind of easy on the players. Yes, they're going to do installs. Yes, they're going to give them instructions. Yes, they're going to be out there practicing. But I believe you're going to probably hear when once reporters get out there, whoever's out there, and it's going to be a select few. It won't be uh, the big scrum of reporters that are usually out there because everything's going to be limited, even throughout the season. People that normally get credentials, and are at games aren't going to be credentialed in that games this year. I mean, it's just it's going to be the bare bones skeleton crew. It's just it's just what it is. I mean, so you might as well get used to it now. If there's even a season, if there's a season, just know it's going to be 100 percent different than what you've uh, grown up watching and, and seeing uh, over over the past however many years you've been watching the NFL product. But yeah, I just I just can't see players getting after it and really going hard in the pain and 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 trying to to cram everything into a few weeks of training camp and then be ready to 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 be cooking on all cylinders uh, week one. I just don't see it. I I just kind of feel like they're gonna slow play everything and then ease into the season. And the first four or five weeks of the season are probably gonna be used as what was the preseason, you know, and that's when they're really going to start clicking and getting on the, on the same page. And that's going to be a, a problem for the defense 
but I don't think it's going to be a problem for the offense. I know there's new parts on offense like Henry Ruggs, uh, Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards. I get that, but they have enough veterans on the offensive side of the ball where they could still be, you know, in sync with each other and doing what they're supposed to do. And and uh, a, a guy could bring. Uh, Henry Ruggs to the side and just take him, take him under his wing and say, "Hey, uh, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what we need to do." And, and you know they, they can they can get that figured out. Him and Derek Carr could put in some extra work, you know, after practice and all that. But they have enough veterans in Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller, Jason Witten. You know, what I mean, all these guys, Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's a veteran now. Alec Ingold, he's a veteran now. The offensive line. I mean, they're 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 all solid. You know, so there's enough of the veterans there on the offensive side of the ball where they should feel comfortable going into the season. The defense has so much new new parts and new bodies that are coming in and trying to be acclimated and trying to make a difference that they're going to have to try to catch up to speed, and they're going to be behind when the season starts. And I don't think you're going to see them make major strides in, in training camp. I just don't. And, and I don't think that that's going to happen for any team across the league. I, I really don't. I think every coach, every GM, every owner is going to try to be as careful with their players as possible because if, if it hits them, and it's going to hit, every team will be affected by COVID-19, I promise you. At some point, either this week or next week, you'll hear Raider X, Raider Y, Raider Z that has gone down with COVID-19 and he's got to quarantine for 14 days. I'm not trying to jinx him. I'm just being realistic. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be a player that goes down or two. There's just too many bodies there not to have somebody go down and get in, get hit with it. So uh, it's just something that they're going to have to think and try to minimize while they're doing training camp. And this is something none of these coaches have ever done. None of these training uh, staffs have ever done. None of them. The owner's never done. No, nobody. Nobody has experience with this. So none of them could say, well, this is what we did back in, you know, 94 when this happened. You can't. You can go back to when there was a lockout or when a strike and and how a lot of players were coming up with injuries uh, because they didn't get their, the proper work in. Uh, that's something that J.C. Treader, the, uh, the head of the NFLPA, he brought up weeks ago. I brought it to the podcast weeks ago saying that that's a concern already. But this is a different ball game. This is a different animal. This is not the same as a strike. This is a pandemic. This is something that uh, is an infectious disease. This is something that you know people are gonna gonna uh, you know be very very cautious with. They're gonna tread lightly with. So, training camp is I don't think is going to be as exciting as it normally is. Uh, I think that, you know, Coach Gruden will still be talking after practice. They'll have specific players talking after practice. I'm sure it'll be done by way of Zoom. It won't be, you know, guys at the podium. And if it is, the podium will be really far away. Uh, so that'll be different. I think there'll be a lot of times, and I'll suggest it right now. Go to Raiders.com and, and try to get as much of the audio of the press conferences as possible because they'll probably videotape them. They'll probably video record them and have them up there on the website. I'll bring as many of them as possible to to the, the podcast. I'll, I'll record them and try to break them down and do the best I can. But it's just going to be different. You go back to last year at this time and you go to the, some of the training camp podcasts, they were really, really fun. They were really, really exciting. There was a lot of good news to report on. I think this is going to be dumbed down in a major way just because everyone's going to really, really be cautious. Now, who knows? John Gruden could go stones to the wall and, and put his foot on the pedal, you know, metal to the pedal or pedal to the metal, whatever you want to say, however that saying goes, and really just go all out. My gut feeling tells me that that's not going to happen. But again, that's just me. So training camp is just going to be a slow, a slow little methodical ride into the regular season. That's that's my opinion. You know, again, it's just an opinion, and uh, yours. You are always welcome to to voice yours as well. Matter of fact, seven zero seven six five four four six nine three. That's the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line number. You can send a text message or leave a message. 
And let's go ahead and hit those next. Segment number three, your calls and texts are coming up next. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and your texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Not going to have a whole lot of time in this segment to get to a bunch of calls and texts, but we'll do our best. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first one is a text from Just Win Wendy. She said, hey Q, just listen to the four segments on the AFC West. Really great to get caught up on all the news from each one, but I have to comment on the interview you did with Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game. He might be a good 49er analyst, but almost everything he said about our Raiders was one-sided. And the same rumors and BS anyone could hear on ESPN. Okay, just two examples. He said, the reason you never heard radio coverage of the, radios, of the Raiders was because there are more 49er fans in the Bay Area. I call BS. I think it's still today about equal. How come the Raiders filled the old rusty Coliseum to 97% capacity every week in 2018 and 19, even though we were moving? Does he think Raider Nation is just going to curl up and die in the Bay Area? Fat chance. I have heard the Bay Area media rag on my Raiders team and Raider fans for years. Okay, this is too long. I'm done. You're doing a great job, Q. I can't wait to hear you on the two-hour show on Sunday. Uh, that's talking about the Silver and Black Today show. Just win Wendy out. Uh, thank you so much for that text. I really, really do appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I, man, the Silver and Black Today show was fun. Uh, we had some technical issues when it came to audio, so we apologize for that in advance. But uh, definitely appreciate you uh, tuning in when you do. And uh, Bonte Hill, I, I, he's a good dude. He's a really, really good dude. He's very smart. Uh, he knows his stuff. And, uh, you know, I've said it a couple times that radio is very, very almost political. I hate to use that word because all of a sudden it's like, ah, don't use that. But it's almost very political. And so once the Raiders decided that they were going to move, uh, then that's when radio stations in the Bay Area went 100%. Hey, we're going to go 49ers. And 95-7, the game went all in on the Warriors. And, well, and at that point, the Warriors were, what, how many times have they been to the finals? Three in a row or th- four years or whatever. You know, they were killing it. So, I mean, it made sense, and they were trying to cater to the fans that are still there in the Bay Area. But you're right. I mean, look, uh, Raider fans in the, in the Bay Area aren't going away. You know, they're not at all. They're uh, Ra- Raider Nation goes hard in the paint. They're always going to follow their team. You know, yes, I know there's some fans that are angry and upset that they left, but uh, I think for the most part, most fans get it and understand why the mood of Vegas and are excited about the next chapter in, uh, you know, in Raider football. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, politics that go on into in a radio, especially in the Bay Area. And, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's funny. I had uh, a few calls and a few uh, interviews with different program directors from 95.7 The Game when that was my dream. That was my dream was to get back to San Francisco and work on 95.7 The Game. But me being a, a, a Raiders guy, uh, there's really not a place for me, you know. So at some point I had to realize that, hey, you know, there's really no place for me there because, well, uh, what I'm very passionate about, that that's not that's not what's going on. So, you know, Las Vegas it is. <laughs> Plus, it's a lot cheaper to live in Vegas than it is to live in the Bay. So, uh, you know, anyway, it, it is what it is. But uh, hopefully that made a little bit of sense. Uh, next up is a call from Captain Jack Raider. He's calling in to speak on Jadavion Clowney and Yannick Ngakwe. When it comes to who he'd rather have, it was up to him. Here he is, Captain Jack Raider. You, what's up, my man? This is Captain Jack Raider, uh, not to be confused with Captain Jack Rackham, the Raider Pirate, the OG Captain Jack. I uh, just wanted to call and uh, have a little conversation 
around the difference between Clowney and Yannick. I know a lot of people on Twitter have been discussing, like, who would you rather have? Um, these are just my thoughts on it. Um, you know, personally, I would way rather have Clowney um, for a couple different reasons. A, I think that he is um, by far a better player all around. Like, yes, he only had three sacks last year, but if you actually go to PFF and check out their statistics on both Yannick and Clowney, um, Clowney still had the better grade in pass rush because there's a lot more to it, as you know, than just sacks when it comes down to how effective you are and uh, how disruptive he is in general. And Yannick is a huge liability, in my opinion, in the run game. Um, he's never had a good year against the run. Clowney has always been super, super good and stout against the run. Um, you know, I guess I'm old school. I prefer my, my edge players to be the full package. I, I don't want, you know, just a one-trick pony, in my opinion. Um, also, too, we don't have to give up assets to get Clowney. Clowney is somebody that we could just sign. We wouldn't have to trade anything away. And he would probably be a cheaper cost. And we really don't know what we have in, in Clee, you know. Um, you know. Like, at the end of the day, I'd rather have Clowney for two years than – get Yannick and have to sign him to a huge contract and give away assets. I just think it would be more beneficial in the long run. And also, Clowney is a lot more versatile than uh, Yannick. I mean, they can, you know, him and Klee can both switch off kicking in inside. He can play a lot of different positions on the line rather than just on the edge, um, as Yannick does not. So uh, I think overall that would be the smart move if we were to get one or the other. I am an advocate for signing Clowney. Uh, I think it would be huge even from a mentorship standpoint. Um, but I think I would rather, you know, roll with what we got if uh, we were going to consider, you know, Yannick. I think I'd rather just roll with uh, Crosby and Klee and maybe sign Dion Jordan, who's another uh, player who has a lot of flexibility to kick inside and actually did pretty well for us coming midseason uh, I think that he could be a huge asset um, as well and a, a lot cheaper option overall. Um, so those are my thoughts. I hope uh, everything is good in your neck of the woods, and uh, I hope you're doing well, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much for that call, my man. That was Captain Jack Raider, and I'm not sure. I might have missed one on that. Not sure if you're a new booty. Could have sworn I had talked to you before. But maybe I didn't. Oh, man, I don't know. But anyway, good call on Clowney and Unique and Gakwe. And, uh, you know, my biggest thing with one and Unique and saying that Unique would probably be the better player long term if he's with the Raiders is because he's younger and he's healthier. You know, and, and you're right about him not being that great against the run. And Clowney is a g really good against the run. He's a very disruptive player. I've mentioned that about Clowney. Both guys are really good. Let's put it like that, man. Both guys are really, really good. Uh, Clowney would be the better deal. Because all you got to do is sign him, like you mentioned. You don't have to trade for him and sign him. All you got to do is sign him. But, you know, is he motivated to play all the time? Is he, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, every guy has warts. Both of those guys have warts. So, it's, I guess it's really just kind of pick what flavor you prefer. Uh, I just say unique because I like a guy who, we all know, the best ability is availability. That's, that's one of the things I say all the time. Uh, and I just feel like he's way more available and you, you could pretty much count on him. Each, each week where you might not know that for Clowney. But, again, both players are really, really good. So we're kind of splitting hairs here. Uh, but I, I definitely appreciate and understand where you're coming from. Uh, thank you so much for that. Next up is a text from Raider Bane. 
What up, Big Q-Pac? Raider Bane here. Just wanted to say I really loved all the crossovers this week. Learned a lot about the other teams in the division and some of their strengths and weaknesses. Keep it up, Q. Remember, there's only one nation. Hashtag Raider Nation. Real good uh, text right there. Appreciate it. And yeah, man, I, I do like doing the, the crossovers, and I do like talking about other teams. And for me, and this is just me personally, I like being knowledgeable about all teams. And so uh, I've brought different shows to or different uh interviews to the podcast before and sometimes people are like oh, i just want to hear about the raiders and that's great i just think it's good if you know about the other team as well and uh, now the division it's it's really easy to know about the the division that you play in uh all the time because well you just play in it all the time but sometimes even outside of the division it's good to know about other teams and uh that's what i i love about the crossovers is just getting the kind of the inside scoop and seeing what other other hosts of locked on shows are talking about the team that they cover. So uh, definitely appreciate that. I got time for at least one more call. So let's go to Jordan in Oregon. He's calling in for a couple reasons, including the ultimate division crossover shows fans in the stands or lack of fans in the stands and how that could actually help in the long run. Here he is Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on Q Jordan in Oregon. Just wanted to call in and say great job on the crossover edition. I loved each and one of those, every one of those episodes. Um, all the guys in the division I, I could listen to, they're good dudes, and you guys are able to kind of talk ball and have a good mutual respect for each other in the process, and found it very insightful, especially talking about the draft picks of each team and kind of deep diving into every situation for every team. But, um, you know, on a different note, I wanted to mention, um, I know you thought your uh, – Thursday morning news and notes was kind of a negative. Um, but in the end, no, I think it's really insightful. Um, it's questions that are all coming up with the COVID right now, whether the season's going to go off without a hitch. And I, I agree with you, Q. I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands. I think just to get the season to take off correctly and even have much of a season, I don't see how they, that can even really be a feasible option because uh, then there, there's just so much other risk that comes into play. But um, just to kind of piggyback on that note that you brought up um, is even on the Silver and Black today, I heard you mention um, in some of the back-and-forth conversation that you thought that, you know, what if that were to help the Raiders? And uh, I, I kind of – I'm kind of looking at it that way too. Of course, it's going to be real tough. You know, we've gone through this long, long wait for a brand-new stadium. We're not even going to get to use it this season, most likely. But as far as all of our away games, I wonder if that's going to help this team out. And I wonder if it's going to if it's going to be harder to get its amped up for these games without the fans. Um, you know, I'm not a big UFC guy, but that's one thing that guys have talked about. Um, even heard Joe Rogan talk about it on his podcast is, it's hard for guys to get juiced up without the, the fans in the stands. And uh just kind of wanted to hear your take on that. I could still see guys, you know, once the pads start hitting, they're going to wake up and, and remember it's football again. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of these games have kind of a different feel to them and whether or not that, that will benefit the Raiders. I mean, I'll be completely honest. If, if there's no fans and the Raiders go out and have a great season, I mean, obviously, I feel bad for the season ticket holders that have helped the whole Allegiant Stadium happen, but I won't be upset at all if, if somehow I'm not going to say this will benefit the Raiders any more than any other team, but let's say Carr goes out and balls out or all this whole offense just goes out and just kills it, you know, goes into Arrowhead and, and gets a win. 
you know, goes goes into Denver, gets a win. If if we start seeing them do well, we'll be happy about it. But anyway, hope you're doing well, man. Appreciate everything you do, Q. Peace out. Thank you so much for that call, Jordan. Definitely appreciate you. And, you know, I'm not sure how much no fans will help the Raiders. I mean, except for on the road. You know, like if they're in Kansas City, obviously it wouldn't be loud like it normally is. But I think the Raiders do really well anyway as far as being on the road and dealing with crowd noise. Uh, I just feel like it would kind of be treated almost as a glorified practice or a scrimmage, you know, with no fans. Yeah, it might take an extra minute or two for the players to get juiced up. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it would be okay. I really do. These other sports have been able to do it, and it's been fine. Uh, I was actually surprised watching Major League Baseball over the weekend that, you know, the pumped-in crowd noise from the video game, the show that they're doing, actually sounded pretty good. It sounded pretty neat. I, I was dogging it on the radio on Friday, but when I saw it and listened to it on uh, over the weekend, I thought it was pretty cool, pretty neat. So, um, you know, I, I think it'll be just fine. Maybe the NFL will decide to do that as well, pump in some crowd noise, and I'm not going to poo-poo on that because, like I just said, I thought it was going to be stupid in baseball, and, well, it, it, it didn't sound like it was. It was pretty stinking cool when I heard it over the weekend. So that's what I got for you today on the Locked On Raiders podcast. That's all I really got time for. Uh, I actually have a text from Riverview Raider and uh, Raider Tommy, but I'll get to those on tomorrow's show. Look, we're here all week long, all week strong, so we'll have calls and more texts. We'll have more news and notes. We'll have more things to talk about. Uh, There'll be plenty to talk about, as a matter of fact. So uh, we're ramping up, getting close to training camp, the beginning of training camp. So until Tuesday's episode, Raider Nation, appreciate you as always. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask wash your hands be responsible do what you gotta do i I could go on a whole nother rant about that but i'm not going to i don't have time for the rant maybe i'll get it in on another day but just wear your mask and wash your hands and be responsible social distance if you can until tomorrow's episode rare nation as always just win baby